thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown army to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and can now explain the meaning of Lachi Bolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business suit that Bangtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents because one thing we know is that the content just keeps on coming. Hey, everybody. Hello. Good evening. (laughs) Here we are again. There's always so much to talk about. (laughs) It's crazy. We could do an episode every night and not cover it all. Seriously. so, So I took... 24 hours not even 24 hours off I took maybe like 20 hours off and like loosely off because I had friends in town and I went to see the rose which we're going to be talking about in another podcast in the time I was away I just stepped aside I missed one JK live and three Young lives and a bunch of album promos and yeah and then yeah we're not even talking about and the the birth of ai fan art was apparently this week (laughs) where do we want to where do we want to begin like why don't we just why don't we start there because it seems to be everywhere now this week i was just gonna say there was well there was just a I was on TikTok. There's just like this trend right now. I think it's on Instagram too. I haven't seen as much on Instagram, but where the AI is doing your high school mm-hmm. like pictures. So it's like, it takes your picture now and then it like generates what you would look like in high school or whatever. And so people are posting them for fun. And I just saw like a brief like comment from V that yeah. was like, Hey, where is this app? Someone tell me where this app is because I want to do it too. And I just thought that was really cute. So I love that he uses Army as tech support. I just, it's the cutest thing. (laughs) But we can talk about the other AI pictures that have come out this week too. I just think it's fascinating. I feel like we're watching the beginning of an entire era starting right now. I mean, for several months now, it's been chat GPT. And now all of a sudden, it just seems like there's a uh, a wave of all kinds of AI, AI fan art, if you want to call it that, going around um, the Borosphere. <laughs> and it's fascinating to watch it. I, I can't even imagine how it's going to take hold. I just feel like it's the beginning of a new era. And my only real thought about it, just because it's just starting, was it would be really hard I think it's going to be so much harder for people who onboard as army now. It's like going to be like the the pre AI era and now the post AI era where if I was onboarding now, like I was a couple of years ago and trying to take in all that new content and understand what it all was and where it was from and how it was all interrelated. And there was all this fake stuff out there now. I don't know if I would know what was real. And I think that's the problem, you know, not, not that it can't have its great uses and, for all kinds of creativity and stuff there's lots of downsides to it too and copyright issues and things like that but i don't know i think it'd just be really hard to be baby army <laughs> in this new mm. era yeah have there been like ai images that have been like a total hit for you where you're like i want more of this praise jimin for ai <laughs> speaking of jimin uh, there have been some beautiful ones anything that makes him look pretty dresses him up and puts him in some elegant situation I am all for and I saw I think I shared it with you all there was a really beautiful one that somebody made 
of um, gin swimming underwater with fish around him, like for super tuna, but it was really ethereal and pretty uh, and dreamy. So I could see some really pretty sort of um, artistic uses for it, for creating just beautiful scenes or fantasy situations. I could also see some pretty gross stuff happening too. And I'm sure people will go there <laughs> sadly. And that's, that's what I don't want to see come out of it. Cause I feel like that's just so invasive. So, okay. I like some of it. I like the stuff that's super pretty and clearly fantasy based, like kind of almost looks like you're like putting members into fantasy novels and things because it feels like it intersects a lot with fan fiction and that's fun and it does feel playful and it feels imaginative. The stuff where I have like more of a visceral, like, no, this doesn't feel good to me is when, um, I, and I, this isn't just for BTS, this is probably just in general, but like this, I've just noticed a lot with the fandom this week has been like a real inclination to like put them in a very heteronormative box. Like now we have an AI wife and AI, like, you know, 2.5 kids. And I don't want to put people into a fetishizing like heterosexual box either. I just don't really want to put them into like any box like that, but I do feel like there can be often a very like default setting for assuming always heteronormativity and just seeing and then to see it in like that nuclear family coded thing look they get to choose whatever life they want to have and i support them with whatever they want to do but when i like see the fandom make like when i saw like a fake robot wife essentially i was like this feels weird like i don't like this i found that a little bit creepy too i didn't like it myself yeah and it, and it did it felt like putting them into a a pigeonhole and um i don't know it just seems so personal too like if i saw a, a picture somebody made a picture of me in some kind of fictitious family yeah. portrait would be like wow okay that's a little I personal yeah, i wouldn't I like it at all no no um but would i mind if somebody put me in like a bedazzled rose gown and had me like floating through the ocean probably not so that's what i'm saying like i would live for that i want to yeah. i want to do that right now <laughs> yes and so that's where I think some of it is like it and, and it becomes interesting to me because what you create becomes like a reflection to some degree, I wonder, of like what your like fantasy spaces are or what you like for them. So in some ways, I'm like, maybe some of this is like this idea of like, I hope for them to have these types of futures. Again, I feel like mm, I want them to have, yeah, whatever future they want to have. But I do feel like they've been okay in terms of like the fan, like, you know, the moon fan art and kind of stuff like that, that we've seen in the past where like, we've seen Jimin actually engage with fan art and replicate it on his own body. So um, yeah, I think there's spaces for the that kind of cross play of things, just like when in the past, it was more Photoshop and you'd see them in like Harry Potter houses or, you know, things like that. That feels, that feels just kind of like fun and fair game. Yeah, I tend to agree. Anybody else have any feelings? I was going to say the the one, someone in our group chat today sent one and it's him, it's him, Jimin, um, in ballet clothes. Um, And they're gorgeous. But I think it's because we know that Jimin's body does those things already. And he has been um, like, not photographed, but like there are video, there's video of him dancing very modern or lyrical dance. So to put him in a setting where he's like very muscular, very like um, male ballet dancer, like ballerino, um, 
it didn't it's like I know it's not real but it almost seemed like like fantasy reality like that could happen he could go put on the leggings and the you know tank top or whatever and go dance because we know that he's like capable of that so like I really like that I found one today that I sent um and it's Jimin like as like some type of like medieval king with Hmm. like a crown and like Leah said like I feel like that's so fun like fanfic wise or like you know fandom wise just because like we know um that there are spaces where people are creating art based on their bias or their biases and putting them in fantasy situations, which I don't mind um, either. But yeah, I kind of have to draw the line at the families, the fake families, because I just don't, I feel like Tanya and like Leah, you said, I'd feel really weird if someone was like, here's your nuclear family I created for you in AI, which like now I kind of want to go and do that and see what AI thinks my family should look like. Yeah, fair. Yeah. But then again, that becomes like the weird, like that's you right. getting to choose for yourself, your autonomy of like how you show up. So yeah. And it also is fascinating to me because I never consider them building a, fa- like I want them to live their best lives, but if I was ever to play around, like be imaginative or think about things, I do more of like the tipping off point into like the, the fantasy worlds, as opposed to being like, I don't know, maybe it's because I like live with three kids and a husband I'm like I see that stuff and I'm like who's feeding the cat and that doesn't feel fun that is not that is not my fantasy (laughs) that's not my fantasy it's like J-Hope didn't put up the toilet seat for the fifth time this week he would never he would never this is true he would never do that he would always I will I will say that there was a group of pictures someone posted I think to Instagram where it was like every member with kids so some of them had two kids some of them have one kid and I just have to point out that in all of those pictures, the only member's child who was on the move is J-Hope. And I just felt that was very on brand for AI to create a child that's literally either dancing or hopping around for J-Hope. So that's that's the only thing I'm going to say about that. That's <laughs> very true. <laughs> all right. So if we want to talk about, like, let's go into the little time machine of, you know, Bongtan and go back, what, like a week? <laughs> <laughs> which is a year in human time yes yeah <laughs> and we got the second sing- so okay we got the s- second single for jk before realizing with golden that the two single seven and 3d are going to be album features so do we want to talk about layover now or do we want to talk about golden and like what the hints are for golden I feel like uh, golden is on everybody's mind right now let's go for it <laughs> <laughs> so thoughts on the aesthetic I like it. It's you different. Like it? okay. I'm not, that's not my aesthetic, mm. but that's okay. It doesn't have to be. I think it's kind of interesting that they chose that for JK. I like the clean lines. Mm. I I felt like it's very masculine. It reads like a cologne bottle to me. Like, um, I don't know, like Apaka Raban or something like it just it, it in my mind when I saw it, it was one of two things. It was either Willy Wonka golden ticket or it was like some type of like masculine like cologne ad. Those are the two things that came up. And then Tanya pointed out that it's actually in the um, vein of like the Johnny Walker bottles, which, mm. you know, for a 26 year old man, it makes a lot of sense. So, you know, but I I like it. I think it's very clean. 
um it's very different from all the other solos that like packaging that we've gotten in my opinion looking at it like just on face value like when you if I were to line up all the packaging together it's very distinct like you will obviously know that is his at the you know at when it's all said and done like on a shelf mm -hmm. I guess for sure yeah and the, yeah, it was there was an army who had circulated uh I'll uh, post saying, you know, showing the Johnny Walker bottles and then showing the albums next to it. And then he held one of them up in his live uh, that must have been yesterday. Uh, and so it, I, I felt like he was showing us that to say, yeah, that's what it is. They're, they're mm. so, I mean, it's, Jungkook likes to say that he's uncomplicated, an uncomplicated, unfussy person. And so I guess this kind of reflects that. But yeah, just it doesn't look like a K-pop album to me at all. But I guess that's, mm. you know, that's fine. But yeah, they're they're not what I'm accustomed to. But hey, I did like the little initials that they did. A lot of people are debating what that is. It's like a little logo. And some people thought, uh, I've heard people say a few different things. Like, what is that? I thought it was a a, a, a cursive J and a cursive K mm -hmm. put together to make a little logo. That's what it looked like to me. A lot of people yeah, I, don't learn cursive writing anymore, but for someone of my vintage, <laughs> it looked just like it looked like a cursive J and K to me. Yeah, I was like kind of underwhelmed. So here's the thing: I've always had a very strange fondness for the library lamp, like that emerald green, like law library lamp. I've always just liked them. So to me, it was like evocative of like that kind of a lamp with like leather furniture. Like it felt like a law library. <laughs> Like that's honestly I am a lawyer and they it looks like the cover of a law school textbook mm. for, for real they they have they have the plain embossed type on the front and the little border around them and they all look like that <laughs> it looked like a treatise and it felt very serious and I take JK not as like an, I don't take him not seriously but it just felt like I got when I saw taking like when when tan was like featured on the front and that was like a funny moment I was like oh this vibes like a and I felt like all the other members, when I saw their albums, it felt like it reflected something I knew about them. And I was like, yeah, this feels like you. And this didn't. I'm not saying I thought it was like totally ugly or anything. I was just like, oh, I would not have. And so I guess let's wait and see. But also we know at least two of the songs on the album. Like when I think of Seven, I don't think of that cover either. So yeah you're right it doesn't it doesn't reflect the the wild sexy vibe that he's going for in the music so far it looks very traditional like i mean that's why it evokes law i think it looks very very traditional and conservative he's laying down the law <laughs> <laughs> that's right so yeah we know that seven will be on it and i think that was also kind of a surprise and then i was surprised i was surprised I was like, oh, the two singles are on it. I didn't expect that. And then I'm like, well, what? Like, that also makes sense to me. I was surprised there's 11 songs. Yeah, I was impressed. Yeah, it's a whole full length album. And I guess the other members have done that. They've released one or two songs in advance. And that, excuse me, they've turned out to be on the album. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, so I'm curious, any, any collab wishes? Hmm before we get into layover and discussing a contentious collab. <laughs> Did he announce anyone that he's collabing with? Because I've heard rumors and then like, I don't know that there's actually like a list or anything. So mm -mm. I'm curious. I mean, I don't know that I have any based on who he's already collaborated with. 
Um, in seven, he has a collab with Lotto. And in 3D, he is with Jack Harlow. I know that there are like dream collab, SZA. Dream collab, more Lotto or Ice Spice. Um, and I want to bring this up later when we're talking about 3D, but I feel like with JK, you know, what I love about Seven is that the very, ex well, not all the explicit lyrics, but some of the sexually explicit lyrics are sung by a woman. And I feel like that's a very powerful thing. And so the song feels very powerful to me. So like, I would love if we're going on this older, more mature, you know, F-boy kind of vibe that maybe we have some more female collabs going at the same time. Um, but that doesn't, you know, take away from anything else. I would love to hear um, maybe some little bit of alternative rock thrown in there, maybe if there's a track um, that he's doing that maybe has like a little bit of a guitar or like a bass um, guitar kind of thing going on. I think that'd be really interesting for him because I know that like he's interested in all kinds of music. He listens to a lot of different things. Like you can just go on one of his old lives and see like he's karaoke, like a bunch of stuff. So like, I don't know. I don't know that I have a dream collab for him because I feel like I don't know what I'm going to get with this. And that's a hundred percent fine because I've been surprised with both projects that have come out so far. So I am very hesitant to say, oh, I want it to sound like this because I don't know what I want it to sound like. I feel like like JK is just telling me this is what it's going to sound like. Enjoy. Like I, the universe is going to decide for me. Yeah. I'm excited to just be surprised. And yeah, hopefully all in a good way. <laughs> I would love Harry Styles personally. I think that I am just going to put that out there that having seen mm -hmm. him have so much fun at the Harry Styles concert or Bruno Mars and or Bruno Mars, I feel like both of those would be collabs that I would love to see. I think they'd be fun and on brand and good. And then I was thinking about it and look, this is a whole other conversation if our friend Brittany was not having her a very severe mental health crisis, I would say Brittany bitch would be like my ultimate dream. Like, let's just like do the passing of the guard through generations of like the deep, like queen bees. This is not the time for that right now. So I guess I would say that I would love to see Christina Aguilera. <laughs> Um, like I want to see like some older like 90s early 2000s like pop royalty with the voice like coming in like going up against JK I think that would be really fun to see that it would so that's for like my de my age demographic <laughs> well like Megan was saying I just like I would like to I'm curious about the range that he's going to show us. Like, is it going to stay truly pop or is it going to like delve into some other genres? And I'm, I mean, he can do whatever he wants and I'm excited to see what happens, but that's one thing that came to mind is what will we be hearing when we got to hear a lot of different things from everybody else, you know, and then you look at V's album and it was like very consistent and thorough and um d-day with you know some hip-hop and then we have iu and just got to hear some different sounds from him so i'm excited i can't wait to hear it it's, it's so it's just so exciting to have another solo release last one probably for a little while uh, i feel really lucky uh, the one the one idea you just gave me a minute ago leah was justin timberlake mm -hmm. i could see them vibing really well together 
be really fun. JT and JK. (laughs) And look, I'm still wanting to have the Daddy Gnome June collab. Like RM, like bring 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 back Group Daddy and do a collab. It would be really good. Hell yeah. Yeah, it it would be really good. And I I know he. I mean, we know he's been working on music, so maybe he's been working on something for this. Fingers crossed. I don't need it, but I want it. We know Jimmy went to New York. I wouldn't say no. This is true. This is true. And we know they filmed something together because of all the recordings on the boat. Oh my gosh, I forgot about the boat. The New York thing. Oh my my gosh, the boat. Because the the thing is, is that Jimin has like one of those like much more personality, but like it's a much more unique voice and that like it does very specific things and it's like a real signature jk kind of really succeeds in that he can really mimic so many different things and really like hold it down so well so always putting him against like more of a unique voice i think it makes for a lot of fun and that's to not undermine him like he has an amazing voice it's just that his voice has the ability to like take on lots of different colors and flavors so 3d yeah okay so Hot takes. I, I I avoided it as I said when it first came out. I I needed to put JK in the freezer for a little bit. Like I couldn't I couldn't because of Harlow. I was I wasn't interested in his opinion. I wasn't interested in his perspective, and I just needed to set it aside for a second. And I was busy, so there was that. Um, but this afternoon, I watched the video, listened to the song at least a dozen times and I was like god damn this is a good song (laughs) like I just enjoyed listening to it I enjoyed the dance I thought the dance was incredible um like his dancers were amazing in the music videos I watched both the like official one and then I forget what the name of the other one is um where he's like pulling up to the house and it's dark and he opens the trunk um and I thought both videos were fun the song was really fun and I was just completely still uninterested in Harlow's verse. So that's my hot take. Um, I really like the song. Um, and I I'm not going to say I don't like Jack Harlow's verse. It just didn't bother me or trigger me in any way, but it did give me pause. Um, I, what I love about this song is that he, not Jack Harlow, JK, is singing about sexual pleasure. And I think that is great one because he is trying to show us his age. He's 26. He needs to do that, right? Because a lot of the pushback on this song is like, it is sexually explicit. But two, there are some lyrics in the song that are about female pleasure or partner pleasure I'm not gonna say female pleasure I'm gonna say partner pleasure which I think is also important um when you're talking about sex and sexuality and being with somebody I just think that that's something great to have a conversation about um what I will say about the song that like immediately was first reaction in the opening lyrics I'm like is he talking about phone sex and then I was like Oh my God, he's talking about his V lives. He he's talking, he says, I can't touch you through the phone or kiss you through the universe in another time zone 
it's the only time I can't reverse. Because what did we get all summer? Lives. Where were they? In his apartment, in his bed, working out? This is what we got in this song. I've listened to the song many times. I've listened to the explicit version. I've listened to the clean version. I kind of want to just get all that you know, information for what we're going to talk about tonight. But at the same time, I really did enjoy the song. Uh, I like the song. I think it's a great pop song. I think it will do well in the West, which I think was the goal. But my hot take is this song is about phone sex. I mean, great. Way to go, Army. It's for us. The Who's video, the, the the fan, uh, fan sign video calls could be really fun. <laughs> I mean, those are about to get wild. <laughs> I could get wild. Those are those are about to get wild, and it's not even to say about like the video. That like Allison said, the video is amazing. The dancing is amazing. It's beautiful. It's great. All his angles that he does, he's literally like leaning over, singing to you from above, which is like, you know, you can draw your own conclusions to that. But also, you know, he's dancing with the fire hydrant going in the street with his cut off T-shirt and his arms out. And I mean, I think it was just if you take the icky, the parts that give you the ick, which trust me, there are parts that give me the ick. If you take the ick out, it is such a fun song about pleasure, which I think those aspects of it, they did a really, he did a really good job. And that's what I really love about the song. Are there parts that are give you the ick? Yeah. Hangi, you or me next. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You go. <laughs> um, okay, so I think a few things that I wanted to say. One is that we have already acknowledged the fact that we think that, and I think the fandom just realizes that JK is a musical prodigy and excellent mimic. And so this song did feel like a bit of like a Justin Timberlake, like early 2000s nod, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I feel like when he is with the production team he's with right now, there seems to be a lot of, hey, do it like X, Y, or Z. And like, okay, but it feels a little bit like cynical money grabbing to me. This is me being, I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm just trying to like speak my truth. And not as much like... JK, let's sit with you and figure out who you are, because I'm going to argue that I think that if we could get to the layers and cores of who JK is after he's done doing his adaptability and showing all the different things he can do very well, because you you have him do Gaga. I bet he'll be like, <laughs> like he's going to be able to just pop off whatever. But to be like, who are you at your core and what's going to be like your song and your point of view and like your legacy? I think what I get nervous about is that I think that there's huge, huge, huge potential there. And when he's in BTS, I think that it's being tapped into. But in the solo thing, I'm getting worried that it's like, well, we're looking to the West really heavily. How can we put JK into the same vein as all these other really great sellers? Rather than being like, I'm going to argue he's good enough that like, why are we not bending everything to him? And like, when I see something like Jack Harlow, it makes me annoyed because I'm like, look, honestly, to me, it was like, what did that add to anything? To me, it added nothing. I was like, that was all just giving like Harlow, like some coattails and more audience. I don't feel like it did a lot in terms of like expanding JK's reach a significant amount. Most people have been pretty clear that they didn't find, they either found Harlow's lyrics downright problematic or just kind of like meh. I'm probably like, in the middle. Like to me, it just didn't add anything. In fact, it took away. Whereas 
Lotto, when you're doing a collab, it should be like adding. So in seven, I thought Lotto's part added to it quite a lot. Like really it helped make, it was like the, to me, like the cherry on the top of the seven Sunday. Whereas Harlow, I was like, I feel like we're all just kind of working around it or most of us are working around it. And I'm like, so why? Like, what's the point? And so I'm like, I'm not here to like support that dude. And and I mean, it's not that I have like this like huge hatred towards him or anything. I'm just kind of like more like meh. And there've been a few other times where like I've interacted him with him in songs like Little Nas X or something where I'm like, it just didn't add anything to me that I found interesting. And so I felt like I just had to like endure it or I was like, I don't like it. And so it's like actually like made the song less than for me. So my my hope and I just don't feel like this team, like the Scooter Braun kind of vibe team is like, who is JK as a human? And I want to get down to his core story. And it brings me back to face and why I think face in some ways feels more and more special to me as it goes on. Because when I look at like Yungi with D-Day or with Indigo or J-Hope with Jack in the Box, the rap line is very production confident and kind of knows their POV and they handle it. Whereas like the vocal line tends to be working with producers who are like, let's figure out what we can bring to the surface with you. And I feel like P-Dog really like looked into Jimin's heart and was like, what is special and interesting about you? And in like very few songs, we have an entire POV story. It's really vulnerable. It's really interesting. And it's really Jimin. And I feel like I've walked away with like such a bigger appreciation for Jimin. And I feel like there's a real legacy story and album here. And so I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens with Golden. But I, like, this is my fear. It's like, I just don't trust the hands he's in. And I would just add that, you know, I like I said, I enjoyed the song. I like the song. But what I will add is, I agree with you, Leah, because when you look at even Layover with V, mm. you know, V was on Central Town and said, they gave me this song. It was really poppy. I didn't like it. I didn't connect with it. It wasn't my vibe. I said no. And then he waited for you know, the net, the songs for layover. Um, and I agree with what you say too, about not letting JK flex like his potential or like bend to his potential, because I think I always go back to arson or uh, Jack in the box because more and arson felt like the biggest departure from what I was used to coming out of J-Hope. Like I was so shocked and yet it delivered like it was fantastic it was great so like I agree with what you're saying like why aren't we letting him find out who he is um because but you know maybe he is and maybe this is the way that he's going about it but like you said he it feels like maybe not um and so I agree with you in the sense that I don't know that we're seeing the full potential I feel like we're seeing more of we want him to be big in the West and this is how we're going about it, which if that's the game plan and that's what he wants more power to him. I just think that the fandom or some of people, some in the fandom feel it's not what they're used to, or it's not what they were expecting. I also feel that it sells us short. Like Mm -hmm. we're smarter than this. Like, I mean, and that, I never felt sold short before with BTS. I I always felt that they trusted our intellect and they trusted us. And this sort of was like, okay, 
So you got some, you got some growth to do, boy. Like not boys BTS, but boys the like the, te- the labels the team, and yeah, the team that was able to get hand like to be handling this. I just yeah, I have questions, and it's that that I have this like idea and this box I want JK to be in. I don't. I want right. to be surprised, but I, what surprises me, like what has surprised and delighted me this year with JK, has been him jumping on lives wasted and singing or falling right. asleep to army or working out and being like i we're not a, what is it like we're not finished till i say i'm finished like all his like fun little quirky weirdness that's still highly accessible he fell asleep and had more people watching him snore than the grammys had watching the grammys like his power is huge so i'm like let's be interesting like his people are gonna follow him we don't need to have this like crusty dusty harlow like you know i got four or whatever i'm whore and blah 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 i'm like get the fuck out like you can show me some surprise set like i'm happy for him to lean in hard on sex i'm happy for that lotto did lotto's like let me swallow your pride <laughs> and like there's no doubt what's happening there so i'm not being a prude i'm just saying give it to us in fun smart ways because you know we can swallow that <laughs> and that's what i prefer to be swallowing i love it my hot take on this is that uh well first of all a couple things that that jungkook jungkook has said recently i think partially in response to some army's surprise at the sexual content which again is nothing i mean we're all older fans and i I don't think any of us are faced by that or i mean Mm -hmm. we're westerners we've been steeped in it since we were kids it's not shocking at all um but i think it sounded like his response was you know he wants to lean into pop superstardom and so i guess i'm not surprised that they're going playing it kind of safe with just Mm -hmm. really just top quality pop songs because if that's what he really wants to do then more power to him and maybe as he gets older he may become more interested in um telling his story and things like that like like Jimin did and I by the way I just have to stop for a second and agree with you wholeheartedly like this has really made me go back to face and realize what a gem it is I've, I've been going through that recently myself um but uh gosh like you said it's not the sexual content it's it can be it's it's, it's as explicit as can be but so is a lot of the music out there I was driving home the other day and listening to a playlist that had Cuff It on it by Beyonce. And it's all about sex and, and just all different aspects. And it's very empowered and uh, great and playful and sexy and it's fine. So, and I think a lot of army armies have been kind of arguing with each other about and not really making that discernment between not being offended at the so I, I think I think the part of the problem is that some armies who maybe come from more maybe a more conservative background maybe they're younger or maybe it just isn't their thing have um, been surprised by the the sexual content whereas others and I think we probably fall more into this camp don't care about that at all but it's the um, the racism and the misogyny mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the problem and it's not in in it's Jungkook's song and so he bears a role in that and as does everybody involved in producing the song but it's the problem that I have and that a lot of people have said that they have is with the content of Jack Harlow's uh, verses which is um because I don't think we've said specifically what those objections are yet so I'll go ahead and say it um one 
probably the one that really shocked me the most was the ABG reference. And if for anybody who's listening who hasn't had a chance to, to read up on this or hear more about it before, it stands for Asian Baby Girl. And a really great um, account that I've learned a lot from on Instagram called BTS Abolition Memes. Um, I think you've all seen this post shared some information about that from an academic article, which was fascinating to me. I learned so much from it. And it talked about how um, young Asian women who use that term, uh, it's kind of like a lot of things that could be used as an epithet, but it gets taken back and, and used for empowerment by those who have the right to use it. But Jack Harlow used it here. <laughs> And that, you know, it's coupled with that line about I'll fly you from Korea to Kentucky to, you know, blah, 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 see if you'll touch me or whatever. And then there's also um, earlier, and I'm sorry, I should just pause before I go back to the other one and just say that for me, and I don't know, I haven't really seen anybody else raise this, maybe it's sort of implicit in the fact that he used the ABG term, is that um, for white men in the West, and I guess just European men of European descent and European countries and even in the United States. Um, so Western men in Asia, there's that um, submissive Asian female stereotype, right? And it just, to me, it just sounded like that. You know, I'm going to fly you from Korea to Kentucky. You're my, you know, ABG. And it, it, to me, it just played into the submissive female stereotype. I don't know that it has to, but it just brought that up for me. And I just, I think it's just the the person who is saying the words makes it for me personally problematic. Um, and I think the other one that really got me was the um, the dead body lyrics, right? And I know mm. other people have mentioned this too, which was, it sounds like, and I, and I get that there are multiple ways to read it and that probably the surface meaning is I've got this hot girl on my arm. Everybody wants to look at her because we're, you know, we're so hot together. And so they're flocking to the scene to look at us like people would flock to see a dead body at a crime scene. I get that. It's gross, but, you know, it's whatever. But I think what got me is that if you and it was I found it triggering. Um it's because if you're a victim of sexual violence, you have been used like an object by someone. And that language, which makes it sound like you just used someone and left them like they were just an mm -hmm. object, is extremely triggering for some people. For me, it was, and I'm sure it was for some other people too, because other people got upset about it. And I get that that wasn't the surface meaning, but... I feel like I feel like this whole thing with including him and this maybe even just this particular verse, the fact that this verse was allowed to go through is like a failure to to understand your audience. And I get that they're trying to expand the audience, but that is not I mean, you're going to you're going to if you're upsetting and disturbing and even hurting your primary audience, which is mostly women and queer people with those kinds of um, lyrics coming from a person who's saying things that they really don't have the right to say, like ABG, then you're really missing the mark. And um, I don't know, I, I wonder whether Jungkook maybe understood a little of this later 
because uh, when he was doing his live yesterday, and a lot of people had noticed that during those specific parts that we were just talking about, he kind of subtly covered his ears during the live when the song was playing. And it was like, and then he took them off again. And then when the when the objectionable part of Harlow's verse came back, the next part, like the ABG part, he put his hands over his ears again and he kind of smiled at the camera. And it was like, a, I read it. Uh, and I'm probably very inclined to forgive him because I adore him. <laughs> and, but I read it as I heard that you were hurt and I'm sorry, but I can't talk about it. That's how, that's just how I choose to interpret what he did. And maybe you know, other people won't agree with me, but it, it helped me. It helped me because I felt like, okay, I love Jungkook so much. I love all the members. They are my safe space. I feel like when Jack Harlow's verse came in, and I get that this is partly just because of my lenses and my personal history. I don't think the ABG thing is, but the the dead body thing is is partly just, you know, it's my personal history, which a lot of other people share. Um, but I just felt like Jack Harlow came in and took a shit in my living room. You know what I mean? Like BTS is my safe space and they, I don't need them to be perfect to be a safe space. They can make mistakes and I'm fine with that. Um but I just felt like this, he just came in and, and took a giant dump in my, in my safe space and I'm mad about it. And that's how I feel. So thank you for letting me share that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was just going to add that that lyric itself gave me a lot of pause because I had listened to our sister pods um, episode on the burning sun scandal. And I was really shocked that those lyrics passed review considering that sexual violence against women especially on social media is a big problem in South Korea um and listening to that podcast like brought a lot of that into the light that I didn't even know about like I I learned so much from that podcast I went I looked up a bunch of stuff I read a bunch of stuff I like tried to educate myself as much as I could based on listening to um their podcast with the woman from BBC um it's a very interesting podcast we'll link it for you guys like um both the their review of it but also the actual podcast itself and it's shocking uh what the laws there deem rape and what the laws there deem assault um and the changes that are that people are trying to make in government right now so to me that like lyric stopped me in my tracks because I was like wait did I hear that right and I know it's Gen Z speak or TikTok speak or hip-hop speak right now for everybody's gonna want to see my girl she's so hot it's like we're at a crime scene and I get that but if you're coming from a different lens that's not how you hear that lyric. And it is very shocking and it can be very triggering. So I just wanted to add that the reason why that lyric in particular gave me so much pause is because I was coming off the education I got based on this scandal in South Korea, where I feel like sexual violence um, against people um, is an issue. And in that podcast, they talk about a woman who is photographed without her knowledge. So, you know, I totally understand what you're saying, Tanya, and I know that there's a lot of people that are upset by that because it did give me pause because I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that this is in here, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I think that like, I want to say that like Jack Harlow has like made statements supporting 
the police not harming black women or has friended little Nas and like, you know, been like, you know, that's not something, you know, like it's not that he's like some sort of like by the book bigot that like I'm pointing my finger to, but I'm also like, to me personally, recognizing like people are human beings doesn't get you like that big of a cookie. That's to me like the baseline entry to where we begin like any conversation. So what the fact he's just not like an overt monster <laughs> like does it like I don't know I've just seen a lot of like well he's friends with so-and-so or he has said like cops shouldn't choke black women I'm like okay well yeah like good <laughs> like I mean I, and so if we're starting there I think that's it like so I don't have a lot of negative or positive with him um everything you're saying about the lyrics I agree with I think that I go back to like, okay, well, who's the audience then for this? And where are we looking to expand reach? And there is still part of me that's like, look, the audience that has grown this and sustained this has been primarily women and queer folk. And so, you know, yes, there are straight men BTS fans, but they're not going to be like the, the they are not like, the, they're not streaming in mass numbers and bringing this up. So to some degree, I'm like, we, like know your audience and know and, and they're not army's not dumb either like you know like how allison was saying like there's a lot of intelligence here and a lot of sex positive i mean again there's nuance across cultures and there's like more conservative army or not but i'd say like in a big mass there is a lot of um open-mindedness and positivity and kind of like just surprise me and delight me and when we go back to the guy who's like getting all this cred for being like Jack Harlow's like the cute, funny, like average dude in your history class that like made some jokes and was like marginally cute. And I was like, made it big. And it's not funny. I'm like, why is this like every man white boy fantasy plopped down in the middle of media? It's like, you know, like, like why, why does mediocrity get to win here? And I don't understand it. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I, and I, I don't, demonize him i'm sure he's he's a layered individual and that that he's you know uh, just a, a human right so mm -hmm. i don't i'm not trying to dehumanize him it's just this particular lyric and i'm sure he probably has some others that are good or bad but yeah exactly it just it fell wrong it's such a great song i just to hearken back to what allison said earlier i mean the when i heard the teaser it was already my favorite song <laughs> just from hearing a few bars of it and so I just I think that's part of what got me too is I was so excited about it I, like, I already liked the teaser even more than seven and then that came along and I was like really <laughs> do we have to and like yeah. the edgier like phone mm -hmm. sex kind of play around I was like why were we wasting airtime on like the white man me mediocrity fantasy when we could have been mm -hmm. like really leaning in on like the nuance finer points of jungkook's phone sex sexy time time like, yeah. was, like right, you know right. like, this I is love... real estate to spend yeah. let's spend it here and i that's where totally. again i'm like there's no w tell me how many women were in the production room writing these songs or being like you know what that like let's look at what the audience might be wanting to see or being surprised by and instead we had guys being like this is what i think is <laughs> Exa like, right exactly damn it 
I heard that there was a female producer involved in it. And when I look at the video, I can kind of see that reflected in, in Jungkook's parts. Yeah, There's, visually, visually right, for the recording. Even visually, it. like it's focused on him and his beauty. And then the women have power. They're pushing mm -hmm. him, right? They're mm -hmm. in control of the situation. He's being amorous, but they are setting the boundaries. And then all of a sudden we have this interlude where it's the complete opposite <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like and it, and it so it ruins the vibe and it's inconsistent and so yeah so i just felt i feel like it was just still even if you had flipped it where it was like reverse harem and like four women but they all had him or something like i mean like you could have done very similar and just with like a little flip around but instead it's like we're giving the man all the power like look at me one girl uh two girls oh look at me four i've got four girls i'm so fucking sexy i'm like it would have been way more fun to just have like Jungkook like it would have even been fun if he had like four girls on the phone and was like trying to like keep him straight on the phone like I could have gone with that <laughs> that's why I think and I had said this in our group chat that's why I think that those lyrics would have landed not those specific lyrics but lyrics like that would have landed a lot better if it was a female mm -hmm. because I feel like it would have been this song like when you look at this song without the Jack Harlow lyrics it's really about mutual pleasure mm -hmm. over a screen Okay, like that's just the basics. And like Leo was saying, why aren't we leaning into that? Like, why aren't we leaning into this mutual pleasure center um, for both parties over screens and how we go about that? And I just feel like if if it wasn't Lotto on seven and it was Jack Harlow, I don't think that song would have been the song that it is. And that's the that's what I think the difference is. I think the difference is, is that this song would have been more powerful with a female voice or like I don't know like I guess it's because like I wrote down some of the key words in the lyrics that I just could not even if he like went for more song. even if he went for more funny and less like swag flexing on mm -hmm. like women and like I went more with like the dead body drug thing because of burning sun like I understand like it just wasn't interesting the ADG was shocking to me and then me I was too. like yeah, that just, and I've seen mixed, again, like, we're for non-Asian women giving this take. I've seen online some people being like, I love that term. I own that term. I use that term for myself. And I've seen plenty of people being like, take that word out of your mouth. And so, again, for me, I just fall back to, there's a lot of nuance and intelligence that needs to be done when you make choices that, like, get into those spaces. And that was not that was not an evidence here <laughs> that was not it <laughs> hmm. I mean can I tell you a couple of the things that like totally gave me pause in this song like so the I wrote all the lyrics down first of all champagne confetti we can come back to that because that's about JK we love that for him the dead body the ABG but the whole part where he talks about like one girl that's boring two girls something three girls I'm horny four girls that's whoring I was like wait a minute did I hear that right put the subtitles on um and then he talks about doing shrooms which I thought was mm. so shocking because the drug laws are not the same everywhere mm -hmm. you go and then the line where he talks about thoughts t-h-o-t-s which I had a dm that was like what what is I that? still I still don't know what that means <laughs> you know what that means it means that hoe over there gross he's talking about some 
hoe over there. I'm point. Nobody can see me, obviously, when you're listening to this, but I'm pointing away from myself. And when I saw that, I was like, this is, this is Western commercial hip hop pop right now is what this is. That line, I mean, everything else was shocking to me, but that him using that line in this song really, really said to me what the goal was of this song and who, what like uh demographic or like fan base they're trying to hit with this because that word has been used a lot. I'm, you know, been on TikTok for a while and for that was like a thing for a while where it's like everything was thought your thought thought habits thought like whatever like stitches I don't even know like it was like a whole thing a couple years ago but I was really shocked by that personally because I and you I mean send me a dm it's fine I'm used to my bts telling me in like innuendo they're gonna ruin me and that they're here to destroy me and that you know, whatever. I'm not used to that in your face. And I know he wasn't the one saying the lyrics, but the fact that it was attached to that song, I think it would have given anybody in the fandom pause if any of the members had a song like this, where the lyrics were that in your face right there. Exactly. Saying exactly. There's no innuendo here. It's this is what I'm saying. and This is what I mean. And I just was like, oh, well, okay. Right. And I think, I think it's, I've seen some um, kind of dis- the discussion that's been going on online about this. Um, one of the things that's been said is, you know, why are this this kind of stuff is prevalent all over popular music? So why are we just picking on this one instance? And I think the difference is that it's a safe and healing space for so many people, and that's why it's rubbing a lot of us wrong, is because a lot of us came here and found joy here because we don't have to have that in our faces all the time and feel like women are less than or being objectified and you can choose to go out and enjoy those other songs when you're in the right space for it and it's and they can be you know even though they can be problematic they can always be fun and also be fun and cool and I do listen to a lot of those things and but when I'm in certain spaces I don't want to hear it (laughs) and uh, so that's I think that's a big part of what bugged me and I I just want to say one final thing for myself about this which is that it's just so the patriarchy that this has got a bunch of women fighting with each other um, to defend men (laughs) you know like going at each other while the men get to sit back and reap all the rewards I just felt I needed to point that out (laughs) and I I mean what is the definition of being a fan right I've been a fan of lots of things pop culture actors actresses music whatever first tv personalities my entire life and I feel like part of being a fan is questioning choices because that's people are human And I'm not saying that this was a mistake or a misstep. I'm just saying I can feel a certain way about a song. I can have an opinion about a song um, and that's okay. It's like the space, let's hold space for that. Let's hold space for questioning. You know, we've done it before. We talked about um, Namjoon and Chris Brown. We've talked about Tay and the N-word. I mean, we've, we've been in that space where we are questioning some of the things that are happening chapter two and that's okay we can do that it doesn't mean I'm not a fan you know there's a for like three days after this 
came out. There were a bunch of people on TikTok. If you don't like this song, get out of the fandom. If you don't support this song, get out of the fandom. I don't think that's fair. Because we're not saying we don't like the song. Just don't like some of the choices that were made with the song. You know, I personally like the song. But you can kick me out of the fandom. I'm not a streamer. I'm just not. I've never been. Um, I'm sorry. That's not part of the fandom that I choose to participate in. But I can hear the song and like it and then listen to whatever's next on my playlist or however that works. So I just feel like for me, I was really frustrated. Like you said, Tanya, like there's factions of women or factions of the fandom fighting about this. I don't think there needs to be a fight. We are all entitled to have our opinion. We're all entitled to, entitled to say how a song makes us feel. You know, we could talk about it in the same space that people talked about the English only songs like Permission to Dance or Butter. There are people that outwardly said, we don't like this. We don't like these songs. We don't like the way this is going. And they're still fans. They still bought tickets to PTD Las Vegas and, you know, PTD LA. It's that's part of being a fan is saying, I like this, but I don't like this. I love this or I don't love that. You can still be a fan. You can still be supportive. Am I, did I already pre-order the album? Yes. If he said he was going to be in LA, even Las Vegas, anytime soon, am I going to sell a kidney to get there? Probably like, but you're allowed, like, I've gotten a couple DMs. I'm sure you have too, Tanya, like as we go through the ones on the podcast um, Instagram account where people are like, are you guys going to do a podcast about this? Like, I feel a certain type of way and I don't feel like it's safe for me to have an opinion. And I feel like I'm so sad that you don't feel like you can have an opinion about it because that's part of what makes a fandom great. That's part of what makes being a fan great is that you can have opinions. You know, I'm not going to love every book I read. I'm not going to love every song I hear. I'm not going to love every movie I watch. That's part of being a fan. It's part of like having a brain, critically thinking, you know, you can do both. Um, so I just, all that to say, this didn't hit you the way that it's hitting everybody else. That's okay. You're Absolutely. still welcome here. You're yeah. still welcome here, right? Right. And one, one of the reasons why I think that they, they are so worth this level of dedication for for so many of us is that they do, I think, and many of us think, genuinely care about their fans and their opinions, and they listen. They listen to a lot of feedback. And if Namjoon hadn't been willing to listen to that feedback in their early days, we might not have the BTS that we have now. And the fact that he was willing to work with a women's studies professor and all that is part, I think, of what endears him so much to his largely female and queer base. And so this is in that, I feel like this is in that tradition. So if, if armies back then, which is way before my time, hadn't raised those issues and questioned those things, they might not be where they are now. And I think that, that uh, Jungkook is probably listening and, and he he's a, seems to be a very caring person who wouldn't want to hurt people. And um, I think he'll make whatever decisions he needs to make about balancing you know, his career trajectory with thinking about his audience too. And he can grow from that. And that's awesome. And if that's the case, then I think, I feel like we're doing our part too. Plus the world just doesn't need more misogyny and racism. I think we have plenty <laughs> of that already. So let's reduce that. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's notable that when, I'm trying to think of how to say this. I'm used to being in spaces where you can critique content 
And I understand what it feels like when someone critiques something that you really love and it can feel like a personal attack. So I understand both things. Like I was an English major in college. Like your bread and butter is like just like dissecting and debating things. I'm an author. I am used to people writing things on books I've written and been like, I like it or this freaking sucked. I hate it. Whoever gave them a computer. Like you get used to like critique. So I understand that sometimes not everyone is and people can be like oh and I'm not trying to be like mm, like condescending with this I'm trying to be like honest with this like empathetic and say that like I do think that a lot of times people have the only time they've ever been experienced to having critique is when it's meant to be hurting and meant to be putting someone down and so I've wondered a few times when I've come on and done like pause like about like not enjoying what V did with like the n-word which felt like a low bar or, you know, Nam June sharing Chris Brown and people writing to me, sometimes in the DM, sometimes in the wall, kind of just being like very upset that I'm having an opinion that's different than their own. And being like, I understand if you don't like you, this didn't hit you in that way. Okay. But like the anger someone has about it feels, I'm like, and I don't mean this to be like dismissive, but I start to be like, who hurt you? Because I've been hurt. Like growing up, like, of course, like I've had the same experiences of like, you know, just being like a woman walking through this world who has an opinion and people being like, you don't get to have that opinion or there's something wrong with that opinion or you can express that opinion. And so I feel like ARMY is a place where I want to be like, let's not try to be like that. Like, let's try to have respectful conversations. Let's try to have places where people can be like, hey, this did hurt me. And if I'm like, well, it didn't really hurt me be like well maybe what if I just shut up and listen about why it did and not try to be like you're wrong they would never you know like it's okay to like have that and I do want them to keep growing and do better because if they hadn't gone beyond war of hormones I don't know if I would still be really listening I think I'd be like they were cute I like no more dreams that was a fun group but if they stayed in that like war and hormones space you know you go back and watch that video it's slightly endearing because they're like young and dorky and I don't find them threatening, but there's a lot of like punching the locker next to the girl's head or, you know, being just super horny over the girl walking. Like, I mean, it's not like the best look of all time. Let's be real. And so part of it was like, okay, they were in that phase and they've kind of moved on from that. That's not to say that there's no space for sexuality. Of course there is. And being a sexual whole being, but you want it to feel like it's like good game and giving as opposed to mm, like I either deserve this because I just happen to be a man in this world or, you know, I can just like use you as like an object. Yeah, I think War of Hormone too is one of the songs that specifically led to this whole thing with the, mm-hmm. you know, consulting with the women's studies professor and so on. So and look where it got us. I mean, the albums that came out after that are the were like the beginning of the golden age. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just incredible stuff. So I I really hope for that for JK too. Um, he's still so young and he's feeling himself right now and he's in his, yeah. you know, breaking out and everything. And there's he's got plenty of time left to do deep stuff later. And maybe as part of this discourse, we you know, maybe we'll get that someday if that's what he wants to do, you know? And if he's not about that, then that's that's cool too. Uh, two things came to mind just listening to this conversation is like Tanya said, like we always interpret things through the lens of our own experience and like how our nervous system processed information in the past. And like, 
it's totally fine if you listen to this and it's amazing and it's the bop and you don't even think about the things but you know there are like you mentioned Tanya there are things that are gonna overwhelm somebody else and just like bring them back to you know overwhelming or scary memories or things that were upsetting because that's how we view the entire world and art and that's the beauty of it is being able to look at these things that each of them have created and see it through our lens and what our meaning is and like you know I think of listening to Indigo and just like how cool it is that he created a journal and pencil set for for people like me who have spent the past 30 some years like journaling every day and you know I may not have the same like connection with the other artists but that's okay because somebody else does and there's room for it all and just like making you know space for each of us to have our own experience with it and on just like the most basic non-complicated interpretation I'm not interested in Harlow's viewpoint I don't want him (laughs) like I don't want his voice I don't want his story right now in the song and that's my own background and experience and you know like reasons for that um I want Lotto I want Megan the Stallion like those are the perspectives and voices I'm interested in hearing more of and I'm just glad that we got them and I hope that we have more voices like that, you know, and get to hear, you know, different collaborations and perspectives. So it'll be interesting to see what comes up. I was also thinking, um, thinking about uh, folks who feel uncomfortable with the critique and trying to empathize with that, even though it's not how I personally feel. They are idols and I can see how, because I know, I remember when I was younger, Sometimes I would idolize something or someone and when then then when they if they let you down a little bit, you don't want to hear that they might let you down or that there might be a problem because it puts you know the cracks in the perfect mirror. Um, and so I think you know that I can understand why if you weren't ready to hear that and you didn't want your idol to be the pedestal to get chipped a little bit that you might have a visceral reaction to that if you weren't. I'm uh, sort of prepared to deal with that so yeah I can see I can see I, not that I don't feel that way but I can see where it's coming from yes yes and and so yes and is I also and we all are like I think we're all in the same boat for this is we deeply care about army feels very like a homogenous word but we care about people being in the fandom and having that safe space like you said like that's kind of like paramount and so for me when we have people of color being like I didn't feel great seeing like V say a specific or not say mouth along to a word like that didn't feel good to me and we had that happen with our podcast we had a listener who was like that did not feel great and then when I see like other people who hold different identities kind of like talking right over that that doesn't feel good to me and that's where I feel like we have a responsibility as fans to be like look we all can have our ideas and discuss but you know racism and homophobia like those are going to be like the like hard stops for us but also like yeah part of I really feel like I've gotten to the point where like army is just as important to me as members and like my friendships that I've had in this space and like all of you and just people who are like coming into like that's that's what's it's not just the fact that the members are special it's that this fandom is special I think you said that so well and yeah the respect 
is absolutely paramount and whenever reacting to something that you don't want to hear you have to be respectful and and that wasn't always happening yeah so thanks for reminding me about that yeah and I also think that we're kind of in a unique position because we're all older women and we have lived life you know um, and we've had some experiences that maybe some others in the fandom haven't had because of age or, you know, growing up or whatever. And so I think that like for us and other fans that are older, you know, we do have a lot of listeners and a lot of people that interact with us that are older uh, army. And I just think we're in a unique position to create that safe space for people um, and that we allow the opinions, you know, we, 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 had some little bit of controversy, you know, but did we, you know, go through and I mean, we allowed people to have their say and we allowed the, you know, kind of discourse to go, but at the same time, you know, we want to, want to make sure that people know that we hear you and that you are allowed to have your opinion, right? You're, you're allowed. Um, But we're not always going to agree with you. You know, and we're not, we are going to call out things that are not okay. Things that we as a podcast cannot like just turn a blind eye to. Do you know what I mean? And so I think that that's, I think it's what Leah said is very important um, and very true. But I also think like for us as a podcast, we do have that unique position of just being older, a little bit wiser, I guess. Maybe not me, but you guys for sure. Okay. Maybe not me wiser, but you guys for sure. (laughs) No, I mean, like, look, we're all learning and growing um, and safe space. Yes. And then also that like introducing that idea of like brave space too. Right. And so like the idea of brave space being that, um, you know, it's a place where folks, we are encouraging people to speak up and, and engage in things that are controversial with civility. And, um, and so I think that that is kind of like the, that's the community that I'm looking to have too. And where we can be like disrupting white supremacy, continuing to dismantle patriarchy. Look, people are like, it's just pop music. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's culture. Yeah. It is culture. I'm going to get off topic, but I have a question. You ready? Did you all know prior to this song what champagne confetti was? No, but I had an inkling as soon as I heard it in context. <laughs> Me too. Just asking. It didn't take long for the neurons to connect. <laughs> Thanks, JK. I got an education. I've been learning some Korean words and also some um, some stuff from the <laughs> urban, di- urban dictionary. Urban dictionary. <laughs> so, Megan, would you like to put it into a different sentence for us? Oh, are you going to make me do it? <laughs> Let's see. JK is singing about completing his sexual act and letting the bottle pop wherever it may pop. So basically, it's, and I, I can only it's a think visual. Of, it is. Visual. It is. And I can only think of one thing, which is um, this past summer's Festo photos with Jimin holding the little confetti cannon. <laughs> bless him for the fact that God he bless. was able to keep a straight face in what was barely the minute I saw it I was like I am 12 years old barely a straight face if you go and watch that clip he does this eye thing where he's like 100 he barely kept a straight face oh god bless him I love him for it 
honestly. <laughs> I really do. Just me and my confetti cannon. Yeah. Art- artfully placed. Artfully yeah. placed. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it now? A confetti cannon? It's a confetti, confetti. Apparently. Popping bottles. I've been thinking about the urban dictionary. A tube of joy. Yes. I like that. Will you please write that in a book? (laughs) He reached in and took out his tube of joy. Yes. There you go. So good. So good. Oh, God. I don't know that I'm going to make the graphic of that for the wall. Okay. Can you just have a champagne bottle? I will. I will. (laughs) Maybe I can animate it with confetti behind it. Like, I feel like, I feel like this episode has reached its climax. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) This might be a good place to stop. Wait, but we have, wait, before we go though, I do need to talk about- We need to get the wet rag. (laughs) Okay, but side note, I need to talk about the photos that dropped on Weavers today, where it looks like he's literally wearing a t-shirt with drawn on abs. I really thought it was. I had to look like really closely. I thought it was, that would have been so funny. (laughs) Also the Calvins. Yeah. I'm a girl of the 90s, okay? And when Marky Mark walked down those Calvins, like 91, it was a sensation. And uh, it was a whole situation and still is. Thanks to JK. Like, not even a joke. Yep. Not even a joke. Um, Leah, what were you, before we got on here, you said that you um, thought of a question last night for VVIP. What would it take? How much oh. money? Okay. So. I was at the Rose last night. We we will be doing a Rose deep dive at some point because um, most people, most folks that will like from the pod will have seen the show at some point. Um, but in it, you could, there were like stages, right? Like you could pay to do sound check. Like I think Tanya and Allison, is that something you both did? You did yeah, we got the first level VIP um, okay. for a couple weeks from now when you get to do the sound check. Okay. And then there's others like where you can even meet them but backstage and things like that is the highest level. Yeah, so the V the VVIP, which was like $1,500 or something like that to like meet them, do a photo op, whatever. So I, I did know I was 0% VIP at the Rose, but we were leaving. And as we were getting ready to leave the show like the announcement came on that was like, if you're VVIP stick around because we're going to be doing like the photos and like the like interaction or whatever. And so I turned to my friend Becky from Fruit Maven as we were walking out and I was like, put this in the context of BTS. I was like, what are you paying for a VVIP experience? I mean, I shouldn't even say this because Hybe's going to listen and be like, so let it be written. So let it be done. I know. I'm so scared of that, actually. (laughs) Yeah. So we don't want to put a number to it. But it was the question, like, what would you pay to do some sort of engagement event? And you know what? I almost would say I would even pay. I'm just going to be that. I'm just going to like unleash some inner disgusting and say I would pay to not even have the member there per se but to engage with the sweaty white outfit of d-day like hanging up in the whole dressing room just like <laughs> leave me alone with that just to be weird for like give me like four minutes what are you gonna do ring it out <laughs> i don't know i don't know that white outfit when he got so when you got so sweaty in d-day i'm not my best self about it that's 
safe space. You That's legit. <laughs> that is that is legit. You ring that out. That's what you worked hard for that money for. You bring it home and like, you know, your Aquafina bottle. Like, what is the price on <laughs> that me is just the dream. sitting? Like, what, but what's the price of me just sitting in a chair in the hype gym when someone is doing pull-ups? So maybe this is the question is, what would be the VVIP experience you would pay for rather than giving high evil money ideas on how to take our money to engage? What's the VVIP that you would want to have? Mine's being gross with a wet, sweaty outfit. I just want to Megan's, Megan's I, wants a hug in the gym. I said the hype gym, but like, honestly, like I want the picture that came out the other day where he's in the coffee shop. I just want that, a hug from that guy. That one right there. And I want him to tell me that I'm his baby girl. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I want to go on a walk with Hobie. Oh, like you're when, remember much his nicer than me. Well, I just the the live that he did right, right before right before he left for the military when he went mm-hmm. on his little walk. Oh my god, his little winter one of his little winter walks. He does he likes winter walks. That's what I would want. I feel super basic, but I <sighs> I don't even know how to put it. There's two things that come to mind. One, his like five arm hairs, like. How can I just like touch them? them? <laughs> each one. You need to touch each one in <laughs> like just like one at a time, very reverently. <laughs> like, or um, how do I get a cocktail in my hand and like share a cocktail with him at some point? Like that would be ideal. Those are the two things that came to mind. That's a good one. I thought of something, by the way, we all, I think this might be a universal army fantasy, maybe, which is that we all are always talking about how we wish we were the um, makeup and hair artists and that we could apply the lip balm and comb their hair and stuff. So I'm sorry, but that might be the ultimate. (laughs) It was a real the other day of like just hands patting Namjoon with like sponges um, from like an indigo shoot. What? are you hired? Like, <laughs> do you need PR help? Like, I, let me know. Like, I just, I went, like, where did I go wrong? Like, what was happening? I don't know. I, I think Leah's is the best. I mean, well, I'm like, I'll be the laundry girl. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Look, listen, let me tell you something. If you're going to pay good money and they're going to leave you alone for 15 minutes with that white outfit. I'm putting it on and possibly putting my regular clothes over it and leaving. Yeah, I left it. It's still in there. It's it's back there. Promise. It's and by the there. time you get home, it's like hardened because it was so I don't wet. Even care. <laughs> I, then it could stand up on its own. Yeah. Like you just pin it to the wall. And you just have it in your living room. Like, don't worry I mean, about that. That's my that's my sweaty shroud of Turin Yungi. Because there's undies <laughs> in there. There's undies in there. Oh Ugh. my god. I am sorry to debate you, Yungi, I'm, but I can't I, I can't like help he it. would really enjoy it. I feel like he gets Look, this we're at, like, pleasure of like women thirsting over him because he wrote fanfic, he gets it. Right? Because <laughs> let me tell you why. That man at his concert got progressively more feral about his concert as the like tour went on. And the more feral the fans got, like the more feral we got, he like paid back in kind. So like I'm not gonna delude myself to think that he's like, oh, that's so cute. Like, huh, they're so cute with no. He was like, 
oh, I can make all these uh, things for Samsung. Cool. Show my hands. Put my hand. Get my hands in there. Like, let me. Let me. It's like Namjoon throwing his feet out every five minutes nowadays. Oh my god. He and knows. Look, he nothing... gets it. He knows. Yungi is our anti-capitalist king who also has never not shilled something with his whole ass. And so he would be like, there's a revenue opportunity for my sweaty ass. Like, you know, I mean, like I could do like, he's like OnlyFans with my arm hair. I did not realize I could just sit and like stroke my arm hair for you thirsty bitches. And just get sweatier and sweat. Like, I want to be like, he got so his sweat i i'm not like into sweat in real life really but like there i remember i was like there was like a notable conversation i am sorry we will end it here in a second but i just have to get this out is where you know i'm not past where he destroyed a mattress with his sweat when he shared the room with jim where he had sweat so thoroughly into the mattress that someone told him it was done and he had to release that mattress and I was like, like, it felt like an exaggeration. I, I was like, okay, like that feels not real. Like, you know, that just feels kind of like a mm, hyperbole story. Till you see the man perform and there's sweat dripping off like the cracks between his knuckles. Like I didn't even realize like people sweat on the backs of their hand like that. And it made me a freaking monster. <laughs> The money they could have made off that mattress only second to and allison knows this because i send her this reel all the time where he points at his throat and then either points up in the air or down mm-hmm. and i always send it to allison i'm like imagine he's shushing you in public like he's like pointing at his throat and he's like be quiet and pointing to the ground like it's like why shouldn't be all he's doing is giving like my, like sound direction but we crazy we're crazy yeah we can make anything gross we can make anything thinky thirky and then take it to thirsty, to thirsty and then literally take it to like add ice to the sweat so on that yeah. note yeah before we get too feral on that note <laughs> before we get too feral I mean, I it can go places from here believe it or not it can it can it can it can it can i've read fanfic i know <laughs> yeah and yeah. the scary part is so is they so have they yes. Maybe, okay here's what something i propose is what if for like a halloween special we do some sort of like mm, like shifter fanfic read you know like Ooh. an omega verse werewolf like you know like let's find some sort of like halloween themed bts and give it like a little book review love it let's, let's do that okay that, that sounds, sounds really fun, fun. Okay. all right <laughs> there's got to be some great vampire jk fiction out there after that photo mm. book Absolutely. there must be mm-hmm. i love this I, challenge All right, I, th- I think i i think i know a listener from the dms that i can ask about that oh yes all right well let's end it okay <laughs> Borge. can't get enough of bts cool neither can we so between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon of Delight K-Drama. Deep dives from three romance authors with new episodes every Wednesday.